So we learned that the brothers of Yusuf a.s. when they were experiencing famine and drought in their homeland, then what did they do? They went in search of food. And they had heard that in Egypt there is plenty of food that you can buy at a reasonable cost. So they all went to Egypt in order to purchase food. And who was it that was directly dealing with people, selling them food? Who was it? Yusuf a.s. And Yusuf a.s. when he saw these 10 men walking in, he recognized them immediately to be his brothers. But did they recognize him? No. Then what happened? Yusuf a.s. he was very generous with them and he said that next time when you come to get food, make sure you bring your brother. How did he know they had a brother? Because he wasn't supposed to tell them. Right? He was Yusuf. So how did he know? Because he was selling food per family. Right? So they were buying food for their brother also and they said that he couldn't come. So Yusuf said, next time you better bring him if you're truthful that you really have a brother. Otherwise, if you come next time without him, then I'm not selling any food to you. Why did he threaten them? Why? Because he wanted to make sure that they brought their brother next time. So then what happened? When the brothers, they were leaving, on their way home, Yusuf had them ready and prepared for their journey. What did he order his servants to put back in their bags? Huh? Their merchandise, meaning the price that they had given to purchase the food. Why did he do that? Okay, to make sure that they come again. Why would they come again? Because they found their money in their bags. Why? Because it shows the generosity of Yusuf Right? That he gave us all of this food for free basically. I mean, this man is so charitable. This is not an accident. We gave the money and the money has been put back in our bags. So it was like an incentive for them. This guy is so generous. He's giving things for free. Let's go again and again and again. Right? Put yourself in that position. If somebody gives you something for free, wouldn't you want to go back again? Of course. So then what happened? The brothers, they said, for sure we will bring our brother back. And when they went to their father, and they told him that this is what has happened, we have to take Binyamin with us, otherwise we're getting no food. What did he say? He said, قَالَ هَلْ أَمَنُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا كَمَا أَمِنْتُكُمْ عَلَىٰ أَخِيهِ مِنْ قَبْلُ Should I trust you with him? Just the same way as I trusted you before with regards to his brother. Meaning I sent Yusuf with you too. And now you want me to send Binyamin with you? What did you do with Yusuf? Aren't you going to repeat the same thing with Binyamin? In other words, he was saying that I cannot trust you. You've lost my trust. But he said, فَاللَّهُ خَيْرٌ حَافِظًا Because he realized the need that it was necessary for him to send Binyamin. Even though he didn't want to, even though he did not trust his sons, but still he realized that if he did not send Binyamin, then how would Binyamin have food? Him and his family. Right? And in the future, where would we get food from? So he said, Allah is the best protector. Don't tell me you'll protect him and you'll take care of him. Just like you told me you'll guard your brother. No, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear anything of this. فَاللَّهُ خَيْرٌ حَافِظًا Allah is the best protector. وَهُوَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّاحِمِينَ And He is the most merciful of those who show Mercy. Now, when this happened, the brothers basically kind of understood that their father was not in favor. But then what happened? You can imagine, they got home and instantly this is the first thing they told their father. We have to take Binyamin with us, otherwise we're not getting our food again. Their father said, how can I trust you? So you can imagine them going back towards their camels to unload everything. Has it ever happened with you that you go ask your mother something so excited and you get a plane? No. 
You just get a no. What does that do to your mood? What does that do? Doesn't make a difference to you? Or does it make a difference to you? Tell me, when you're all excited about something, and you just get a no for an answer, then what happens? You get upset. You get sad. So these brothers, they went, وَلَمَّا and when, فَتَحُوا So they went back to their bags. فَتَحُوا They opened مَتَاعَهُمْ Their baggage, their things. When they opened them up, وَجَدُوا They found بِضَاعَتَهُمْ Their merchandise. رُدَّتْ إِلَيْهِمْ It was returned to them. رُدَّتْ From the root letters? رَا دَال دَال رَدْ They went to take all the food out. And in addition to the food, what do they find in their bags? all the matar, all the merchandise that they had given to Yusuf as the money, as the price for the food. They found it all returned to them. They were so excited. Qalu, they said, Ya Abana, O oh our father, Ma nabri? What more do we desire? What more do we want? Nabri. From baghain, yeah? Literally, what does it mean? To seek something, to desire something. And then baghi means rebellion. Because many times what happens when we are pursuing our desires, what do we do? We rebel. We cross our limits. So they said, مَا نَبْغِي What more could we desire? هَذِهِ This is بِضَاعَتُنَا Our merchandise رُدَّتْ إِلَيْنَا It has been returned to us. Look, our money has been given back to us. Why should we not go again? Let us go. وَنَمِيرُ أَهْلَنَا And we will obtain supplies for our family. نَمِيرُ From the root letters, ميم يا را مير. مير is basically to bring food for your family. Now, tell me something. When you go to do a quick grocery trip, what do you pick up from the grocery store? Just something that you need urgently. For that night or for the next morning, you get your milk, eggs, bread, butter, whatever. Right? But when you go on the weekend, right, uh, to get your groceries, then what do you come back with? Just a bag full of groceries? What do you come back with? Come on, say something. What do you come back with? Huh? A lot of food. Has it ever happened with you that you're standing outside Costco waiting for your family members to come out and you see people coming out of Costco? What do they have? Big carts that are full, full of stuff. And most of it is what? It's food many times, right? So made is to bring food for the family, to bring it in bulk. Why? So that you can store it for the future. You don't have to keep going back every day to buy food. Alright? So these brothers, remember when they went all the way from Palestine to Egypt, do you think they brought just enough food for the next day? Or they brought enough food for the next week? How much do you think they brought with them? A camel load per family means what? A lot of food. You know like a bag of rice or a bag of flour. How long does that last you? Perhaps... Depending on the size of your family, a month, two months, maybe more, maybe less. So this wasn't just a bag of rice or a bag of flour. What was it? What was it? A camel load. So this is why the word namir has been used. Alright? So namiru ahlana. We will bring food supplies for our family. Let us go. Let us go. We will bring food for our family. We have the money again. The money was returned, we can go buy more food. وَنَحْفَظُ أَخَانَا Let our brother come. We will guard him. وَنَزْدَادُ And we will increase. كَيْلَ بَعِيرٌ The measure of a camel. Meaning we will get in addition, an extra camel load of food. Now the word نَزْدَادُ is from 
is to increase and nazdadu nazdadu why are there two dals over here isn't there supposed to be one dal in zayadal an extra dal okay now this extra dal was originally ata okay it was originally ata nazdadu and have you read words in which there's an extra ta all the time iyyaka na'budu wa iyyaka nasta'in ta is not part of the root it's additional right so nazdadu became it became nazdadu okay so nazdadu it means that we will get in addition in addition we will get what kayla ba'ir kayl what does kayl mean measure of ba'ir ba'ir means camel what they mean by a camel is a camel load okay meaning let him come with us right now we brought only 10 camel load of food if our brother comes with us we can bring back 11 we will get an extra dhalika kaylun yasir that is a kayl that is a measurement that is yasir very easy meaning we can easily obtain it if binyamin comes with us we can easily get it we have the money all right because the money was returned to us and secondly if our brother comes we get more food now yusuf alayhi salam what he wanted that's exactly what happened yusuf alayhi salam wanted that the brothers come back they don't go on looking for food elsewhere right he wanted to make sure that they came back and he also wanted to make sure that his brother binyamin came Now we see over here that these 10 brothers they have barely returned from their trip they haven't even you know finished unpacking that they were already making plans about their next trip so now you will see that everything is working in the favor of Yusuf alayhi salam qala he said who said their father Yaqub alayhi salam said lan ursilahu ma'akum i'm never going to send him with you Give me whatever incentive you want. Promise me anything you want. I'm not sending him with you. Hatta until there is only one way that I can send Binyamin with you. And what is that? That tuuni, you give to me. Tuuni, you see the noon at the end with a kasra under it? That indicates a ni with a ya. Ya of mutakallim meaning me, I. But that has been shortened. So hatta tu'tuni until you give me mawthiqan a promise a firm covenant a pledge min allahi from allah mawthiq does that remind you of any other word mithaq good from the root letters wawthaqaf okay remember mithaq we learned about it earlier in surah al-baqarah wa id akhadna mithaqakum what kind of a promise is it that has been made firm how with an oath okay with an oath so one is that you say i promise i'll do this and another is say is that you say i promise wallahi i swear by allah i will do this what is more stronger which promise is more firm which promise is more reliable the second one why because an oath has been sworn the other person is saying that by allah he will do it Right? So he says over here that you give me a mawthiq, a firm promise, min Allah, from Allah, meaning you swear in Allah's name that 
فَتُنَّنِي بِهِ That surely you will definitely bring him back. You make a promise in Allah's name that if you take Binyamin with you, you will surely bring him back. If you don't give me this promise, I'm not letting him go with you. Would you do that as a parent? Would you do that as a parent? Many mothers are over here. If you trust your child with something and they you know, cheat you or they break your promise, the next time, what do you expect from them? That they better show that they're committed. Right? They better show that they are committed. And there are different ways of doing that. And one way is that you make the other swear by Allah. You know, it's like if you keep borrowing things from your teachers in class. Miss, can I borrow a pencil? Miss, can I borrow an eraser? Miss, can I borrow a pen? Then what happens? The teacher is going to run out of everything. Why? Because people come and say, may I borrow? And they never return. So then what does the teacher say? You put your book here and then you take the pencil. And when you're done, bring it back. Give me your shoe. Leave your shoe here. Use the pencil and then come back. Give me the pencil and take your shoe back. Because I can't trust your words anymore. I need some guarantee. Right? So likewise, Yaqub said, I want some guarantee. And the only guarantee that he could demand from them was, you believe in Allah, you swear by Allah in His name that you will bring Him back. But look at him. Someone who truly believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in every way. You see, somebody promises you, they give their word to you. They even give you a guarantee that they will definitely return. Is it possible that they are not able to fulfill their promise? Is it still possible? Yes. How? How is it possible? Why would it be possible? Because they're human beings and they're weak. They're weak. Has it ever happened that you make an appointment somewhere and you also give them money in advance? You say, okay, $50 in advance. Right? And then when I come from my appointment, I'll get my deposit back, for example. Right? It happens. But then you were not able to go for your appointment. You gave the $50, you gave the $20, whatever it was, but you were not able to. Why? Because you are a human being. Sometimes things are not within your control. And this is something that we must understand when we're dealing with people. Because when we're dealing with people, we become very, very, you know, sometimes when we're very professional and everything, we become very strict. And strict to the sense that we forget the human factor. We forget that they are human beings. And there will be times, there will be situations when things will be beyond their control. We deal with people as if we're dealing with machinery. But people are not machines. They're human beings. They can forget. They can make a mistake. Things can go out of their control. So be gentle. Be forgiving. Be accommodating. So for example, recently what happened, I had an appointment somewhere. And uh, we had planned the whole day that this is when we're going to leave and this is what we're going to do with the kids. And before we have to go, my daughter, she's sitting very nicely on the carpet doing her stickers. And you can imagine this is not like a rowdy kind of an activity. Very calm. And all of a sudden she just moved back and twisted her arm and dislocated her elbow. You can understand if somebody pushes or she falls or something, then she dislocates her elbow. Just sitting on her own, she fell back and that was it. I knew that my appointment was gone. I was getting really upset that I've been waiting for this appointment for so long. But this is Qatar Allah. Allah's decree. Right? So this is something that we need to be open to, always. And look at Yaqub as much as he wants his sons to fulfill their promise, 
he makes an exception. He says, إِلَّا except and يُحَاطَ بِكُمْ That you are surrounded. يُحَاطَ From يُحَاطَ To surround. So you are surrounded, meaning your situation overcomes you. And the circumstances, or let's say you're surrounded by some enemy, you are surrounded, and as a result you're not able to return, you're not able to bring Binyamin back. So basically, He's realizing that he's making it clear that there can be exceptions. And this is the way of the true believer that he makes a plan, he does whatever is within his capacity, but he also realizes that Allah can cause his plans to fail. Always remember, you do your best, but realize that Allah can cause my plans to fail. Because when things don't go as expected, we get very upset, don't we? If you think about it, half the time, Why are we upset? Why are we angry? Because things did not go as we planned, as we expected. Now, one is that you don't put in enough effort. That's your fault. And you better be angry at yourself. Okay? But the other is that you've put in all the effort possible, you've made all the arrangements, you've done everything that was within your ability, and then things don't work out. So at that time, don't be too tough with yourself and don't be too tough with other people either. فَلَمَّا then when آتَوْهُ They gave him مَوْثِقَهُمْ Their promise, their pledge. قَالَ He said, Allahu, Allah is عَلَى مَا نَقُولُ Over what we say, وَكِيل A trustee. Meaning, I leave the matter to Allah now. He is a witness to this and I don't rely on you even if you have sworn oaths. I leave this entire matter to who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what do we see here? Ya'qub does not seem to depend on his sons at all. Even if they are ten of them, and they're strong, even if they are old enough, they're not young boys anymore, they're men. Right? And likewise, even if they give him a firm promise, still he does not depend on them. Who does he depend upon? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is how it should be. No matter what we're doing, no matter who we're dealing with, don't place your trust in people. Whether it's a doctor or a nurse or a spouse or a child or a parent or a friend or a boss or an employee, employer, whatever, don't place your trust in people. Place your trust in who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we place our trust in people, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows to us how weak people are. How undeserving they are that we should place our trust in them. Because people are weak. They could cheat us, and even if they have no intention to break their promise, they're weak. Perfection is only with who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَالَ And he said, now he advised them, يَا بَنِيَّ O my children, لَا تَدْخُلُوا Do not enter. Meaning when you go to Egypt and you're entering the city, then do not enter min babin wahidin from a single door, from one door. No. All of you, ten of you, together as a gang, as a group, don't enter from a single door, from one door. Wadukhulu and enter, meaning instead you should enter min abwabin from doors that are mutafarriqa, that are different. Meaning enter from different gates. Now what are these gates? What are these doors? Remember that Long time ago, people would have walls okay, surrounding their populations, their cities. Why? For the purpose of protection. 
Okay? So nobody could just enter like that. You had to enter from the gate. And for security purposes during the night, those gates would be closed. Alright? And there would be guards present over there. So he advised them that when you're entering Egypt, don't enter all of you together from one gate. Rather disperse off. Enter from different gates. Why did he say this to them? Why do you think so? Think about it. If you see 10 foreigners, foreigners, because Egypt is a foreign land for them, right? So they're coming in Egypt as foreigners. They're not Egyptians. They're from Canaan. They're Palestinian. Secondly, different religion also. So they must be outwardly different also because they had a different religion. People of Egypt, their religion was different. They were non-Muslim people. Okay? So think about it. If 10 Muslim men wearing kanduras or sobes, okay, big beards and hats, 10 of them, they enter from one door into square one shopping mall. <laughs> if anything, people would feel uncomfortable. No matter how much you say people are good, they're okay with it, you know, they're relaxed, you worry too much. No, no. It's going to make them feel uncomfortable. Let me give you a different example so that you can understand it better. If 10 men wearing Sikh turbans, big beards, entered from this door, how would you feel? What's going on? Huh? Exactly. They will be very, very noticeable. Right? Very noticeable. It would cause people to be uncomfortable that what's going on? Ten of them have come and people will become suspicious of them. If anything would go wrong, who would they remember? Maybe it's those ten Palestinian men who just came. Right? If anything would go wrong, who would they first think about? These ten men. So Yaqub wanted to make sure that all his sons were safe. And this is where we see the love that this father had for all his children. These sons, what did they think? That our father loves only Yusuf, only Binyamin. But the fact is that he was equally concerned about them also. So he advised them that do not enter from one gate, rather enter from different gates. مِنْ أَبْوَابٍ مُتَفَرِّقَةٍ وَمَا أُغْنِي عَنْكُمْ And he says to them that I cannot avail you. I cannot protect you. I cannot avail you against. Min Allahi, against Allah, meaning against His decree, min in anything at all. I can only plan something, I can only advise you, but if Allah has decreed something bad to happen to you, then I cannot protect you from that. In al-hukmu, in not al-hukmu, the decision, illa except lillah for Allah. Meaning ultimately decision lies with who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning His decision will prevail. My planning cannot do anything. It cannot save you. Ultimately, it's the decision of Allah that will prevail. عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ On Him I have relied, I have placed my trust. وَعَلَيْهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُتَوَكِّلُونَ And upon Him let those who should rely, indeed rely. Meaning don't rely on anybody else. If you want to rely on anybody, rely on who? Place your trust on who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't place your trust in other people. Don't place your trust in yourself, in your plan. Rather place your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we see a beautiful balance over here in the way of Yaqub alayhi salam. 
that first of all, his tawakkul on Allah is very clear. It's very evident. Right? Earlier he said, Allahu khairun hafidah. Right? Now he's saying again and again that on Allah I put my trust. Earlier he said, Allah is wakil. So there is tawakkul for sure. But along with tawakkul we see that he's also using the means. What are the means over here? The plan that he's making. Right? And this is a beautiful balance. Reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala along with your own effort, your own work, your own planning. Both of these things together, then a person is successful. Do everything that is within your capacity. But don't trust on your plan. Don't trust on your efforts. Trust on who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What do we do? What do we do? Either we place our trust in our plans, in our efforts, hmm? or we don't put in the required effort and we say, tawakkal ala Allah, tawakkal ala Allah. Alright? So then what happens? When we place our trust in our plans, in our efforts, and then we fail, things go wrong, who's going crazy with frustration and anger? We are. We're upset. And secondly, what happens? If we don't put in the required effort and we just say, tawakkal ala Allah, tawakkal ala Allah, then we become a laughing stock for others. In hadith, what do we learn? I'qal wa tawakkal. I'qal meaning tie. Tie up your camel and also do tawakkul ala Allah. Okay. Now, I have a question for you. What is tawakkul? What does it mean to place your trust in Allah? Yes. Okay. That whatever happens at the end, you're content with it, you're satisfied with it, that this was Allah's decree. Okay, but doesn't tawakkul come before you're doing your action? Or during you're engaged in that action and the result comes after? You hope for the best from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, good. Okay, you trust that He will help you. You've made your plan, but your plan cannot work unless Allah makes it work. Unless Allah allows it to work. You understand? Tawakkul basically includes four things. First of all, صِدْقُ الْإِعْتِمَادِ عَلَى اللَّهِ True trust upon Allah. Like really, you mean it from your heart. You believe that Allah will make this happen. Allah will grant me success. Allah will create ease. Allah will cause this to work out. Okay? This is صِدْقُ الْإِعْتِمَادِ عَلَى اللَّهِ You truly believe that Allah can make this happen. Not with this doubt. You know, maybe, maybe Allah will help me, maybe He won't. Maybe He'll make me successful, maybe He'll cause me to fail. Whatever happens, happens. This is not tawakkul. Tawakkul is what? You're confident that Allah will make it happen because you're asking Him for help. You're relying on Him. So this is the first step. Secondly, مَعَثِقَةِ بِهِ Siqa. What does siqa mean? That you hold on to Him. You hold on to Him. You do whatever work that you can, but then at the same time, you have this faith that, Ya Allah, only you can make this happen. So you're constantly turning towards Him, constantly remembering Him, constantly calling upon Him, making dua to Him. Not that you, first day of your planning, you say, Tawakkul Allah, inshallah, this will work out. 
And then five days later, you realize you haven't even made dua once. You're just busy studying, planning. No. You are holding on to him. You're reaching out to him. You're reaching out that, Ya Allah, you help me. You make this possible. Remember the Prophet wasallam at the Battle of Badr? At the Battle of Badr, how he was making dua? That is ma'athiqatibi. Thirdly, Positive thought about who? About Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah does not disappoint His servant. Whatever Allah decrees for His servant, that is the best. You know, like Zakariya alayhi salam, when he made dua, what did he say? Walam akum Oh my Lord, I have never ever been unfortunate when I've made dua to you. I've always won. Every time I've called upon you, I've won. You've always responded to me. So, husnuzan, think positively about Allah. That yes, inshallah, Allah will give victory. Allah will make this possible. Allah will facilitate this. Husnuzan billah. And fourthly, fi'lul asbab, adopting the means also to accomplish the task. So, do you see all of this over here? In Yaqub alayhi does he have sidqul i'timad ala Allah? Yes. He says, Wallahu khayrun hafidha. I don't depend on you. I depend on Allah. Ma'athiqati bih. Is he holding on to him? Yes. Very clearly. Because he keeps on mentioning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then thirdly, husnuzan. You know, he's hopeful. He's positive. And then fi'lul asbab. He's also adopting the means. So we see that on the one hand, Yaqub salam, he made his son swear the oaths, and on the other hand, he advised them with certain instructions. And his trust is on who? Allah Azza wa Jal. Okay. Now, one more thing before we continue, that Yaqub salam, he advised his sons not to enter from the same gate. One of the reasons was, that, as we discussed earlier, that because they would be very noticeable, this is like asking for trouble. Also because... Some scholars have said he was afraid that they would get the evil eye. Okay? Because al-ayn is haqq. The Prophet ﷺ said the evil eye is true. It's a fact. It can happen. And ten strong men, okay, entering, you know, it would definitely attract attention. And he was afraid that his sons might get the evil eye and thus they may suffer. Yusuf is said to be one of the most beautiful and like usually in families if one person is beautiful then like most of them like are beautiful too. Yeah, they have some traces of that beauty, right? Of those looks. So firstly was 10 of them and definitely they must be handsome in, in some way or another. So he was concerned for them that they might catch the evil eye. Now remember that al-aynu haqq, it is true, it may happen. But this doesn't mean that you don't do anything, you don't say anything, you don't show anything, you don't have people over, you don't go to other people's house, you don't do anything publicly out of the sphere that you might get the evil eye. What is the way that the Prophet ﷺ taught us? That we seek protection from Allah, from before. Right? So first of all, you seek protection how? Through du'as. Right? And also through your plan, through your efforts. So for example over here, Ya'qub ﷺ, he advised them to enter through various gates. And also remember that whenever you see something beautiful, someone beautiful, then don't just say, wow, and just keep staring. Because it's the eyes, right? They can actually affect a person. Does it ever happen that you're somewhere and you're feeling like uncomfortable and you look and somebody just got their eyes glued on you? It makes you very uncomfortable. 
Right? So likewise, al-ain, if someone is looking at another person or an object with envy or with deep admiration, they're literally staring, they can actually cause harm. So don't be the person who's causing harm to another. Once it happened that companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they were somewhere, and one of the companions, he had a very, you know, he was beautiful, beautiful body. Someone saw him by accident when he was changing or something. And they just, they were like, wow. And they stared at them. And this Sahabi, he fell unconscious. So the people, they took that Sahabi to the Prophet ﷺ that this is what happened. Somebody was just staring at him and wowing and he just fell unconscious. So that was a case of Ain, evil eye. And my dear girls, I know you love children, babies, right? They're very cute, very cute, but don't harass children by pulling their cheeks and holding them and squeezing them and playing with them and to the point that the poor child is screaming and crying for you know, somehow that the child could escape. Another thing that we do is we stare too much at children. And we just say, oh, it's so cute. And we keep Say, MashaAllah, please. The mother in her heart is freaking out. So please say, MashaAllah, la quwwata illa billah. You go to anybody's house, you see something beautiful, say, MashaAllah, la quwwata illa billah. Okay? So that, inshallah, there's no evil eye. And you also don't feel any kind of jealousy. Okay. Let's listen to the recitation. وَلَمَّا فَتَحُوا مَتَاعَهُمْ وَجَدُوا بِضَاعَتَهُمْ رُدَّتْ إِلَيْهِمْ قَالُوا يَا أَبَانَا مَا نَبْغِي هَذِهِ بِضَاعَتُنَا رُدَّتْ إِلَيْنَا وَنَمِيرُ أَهْلَنَا وَنَحْفَظُ أَخَانَا وَنَزْدَادُ كَيْلَ بَعِيرٌ ذَلِكَ كَيْلٌ يَسِيرٌ قَالَ لَنْ أُرْسِلَهُ مَعَكُمْ حَتَّى تُؤْتُونِ مَوْثِقًا مِّنَ اللَّهِ لَتَأْتُنَّنِي بِهِ إِلَّا أَنْ يُحَاطَ بِكُمْ فَلَمَّا آتَوْهُ مَوْثِقَهُمْ قَالَ اللَّهُ عَلَى مَا نَقُولُ وَكِيلٌ وَقَالَ يَا بَنِيَّ لَا تَدْخُلُوا مِنْ بَابٍ وَاحِدٍ وَادْخُلُوا مِنْ أَبْوَابٍ مُتَفَرِّقَةٍ وَمَا أُغْنِي عَنْكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِنِ الْحُكْمُ إِلَّا لِلَّهِ عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ وَعَلَيْهِ فَلْيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُتَوَكِّلُونَ